It's time to get smarter. Hi, everyone. This is Bill Zadites inviting you to join us for the Auto Intel Summit. Our faculty will be arming you and your teams with the knowledge of what's next in auto finance and fintech, venture capital, private equity, digital retailing, recovery, and remarketing. And with an all-new and exciting digital format for 2020, it's easier for your teams to learn more. It's time to get smarter. Visit AutoIntelSummit.com for more information and to register. That's AutoIntelSummit.com. Hello and welcome to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Overby, Senior Editor of Auto Remarketing. Our guest today is Jeremy Ansbach, Chief Executive Officer of Pure Cars. And uh, we, we've talked to Jeremy a, a number of times for, uh, for print stores and the like, but uh, I believe this is his first time on the podcast. So Jeremy, uh, thanks for being on the show and and happy, uh, happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday, Joe, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, well. First off, uh, we'll get started. Just kind of looking at uh, a, a general update on, on pure cars. I, I think last time we chatted was sort of at the beginning of the pandemic, and and you guys were looking at you know a lot of traffic trends, a lot of advertising trends. Um, what what have what's been some of the latest news at pure cars over these past few months, and and where are you guys at in terms of a operational status? Well, I'll start off by saying we were very quick to act during the pandemic. This was something none of us have experienced. No marketer has seen a pandemic before in modern history and seeing the impact and how it was different than say the 2008 to 2009 financial crisis was very insightful. Our thesis was to transform data quickly into proven, understandable, reliable, and most importantly, executable information. As a mission, our whole focus is helping the auto industry uh, thrive. So with that, we published our reports on a regular basis to the complete industry. All of the webinars we hosted, we included our competitors, which many attended, and manufacturers, and, and really the whole spectrum. We saw from an ad spend perspective across several thousand stores that we power, very massive decline in, in spend as COVID started. So think of that as late February, early March. As stay-at-home orders accelerated, spends were declining kind of in, in, in a near linear effect. One interesting thing different than the financial crisis was service revenue in most markets dropped from a percentage perspective more than sales. So that oil change light meant less to a consumer being asked to stay home then potentially a vehicle that they needed to replace, a lease turn it, et cetera. Things started to bounce depending on market mid-April. Uh, and in most markets today has rebounded quite nicely. I would say there are plenty of dealers that are, are selling more used cars than they sold for same period prior year. So used cars have really, really had a miraculous turnaround. I think this is due to several factors. One is new car incentives were incredible. Uh, and with supply being turned off for six plus weeks in many manufacturers, a lot of the hot selling vehicles are, are no longer available. There's a supply issue. Manufacturers are trying to solve for this and in many cases have solved or 
are in process of solving for it. On the used car side, since we are in a recession, recessions oftentimes drive used car sales. Consumers feel like they need to do the finan financially responsible thing and buy used. Um, with that, we're seeing such incredibly low interest rates. That's another key driver here in, in kind of this very sharp V-shaped recovery back up for, for auto sales. There's concern around what will it stay. There's a lot of news right now on things we are all seeing. And the second is, is there just pent up demand? Um, you know, we, we don't have a crystal ball in the future. We're just really good at taking information and, and executing on it. Last comment I'll make is we saw behavior of media shift in a, in a big way. You know, search was always the staple for us. We saw incredible results from it being that we, we buy tremendous amount on, on, on Google and Bing. We've always seen great success from Facebook and from our video platform, but we saw massive acceleration in the pandemic as more and more people were being connected through social media, in particular Facebook. And we saw a pricing gap allowing us to buy more on social and video and, and ultimately have higher results. So, so we were quick to slow down search spend in, in a big way put a lot of those dollars back in our dealership's pocket so they had more cash to weather the storm and shift some of that into social and video. We've seen search rebound in, 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 a, in, a, in a big way. It's not completely back, but it's rebounded. And search and video continues to lead uh, as, as the cost per vehicle sold is exceptionally low on both of those platforms. Yeah, just looking at, uh, at the, you guys provided an average Average advertising spend and percentage change per week, you know, just looking at social, for example, you know, aside from, you know, a couple of weeks where, where it came down, you know, looks like a, you know, even double digit jumps there in, in social spending. Um, just in terms of overall ad spend, you know, what has been, you know, and how it has sort of ebbed and flowed over the past you know, four months and, and what you guys include in this data set, um, you know, what have been some of the macro trends that sort of stand out to you? You mentioned the kind of the increase in, in social and, and, um, and video spend, but from an overall standpoint, what has sort of stood out to you? I think on a macro level, uh, Mid to late April was the trough in, in, mm -hmm. in kind of media spend. If you group all of the channels together, we've seen strong recovery. We have not seen media spend rebound to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, so if you look at media cost per unit sold right now, it's lower than pre-pandemic. We attribute this to a few factors, but one of the key things is we've never had pent up demand from government, local municipalities, and just doing the right thing by staying home ever lasts for weeks at a time. You know, a hurricane comes, it's gone in a few days. So when you think about how much pent up demand there is, how many lease turn-ins there were, where people were holding back, waiting to come back, there is excess sales due to that shutdown that is ultimately lowering the, the marketing cost per unit sold we believe that will level off, stabilize, and kind of return near pre-pandemic levels. But one thing I'll add to that is dealerships, if, if I grouped on a macro level and you looked at the pie chart of their digital media spend, 
generally spent the most on search, then you would have your display, your social, and your video. Dealerships saw how successful social and video was when our information led them to take swift action and kind of our campaign arch architecture provided great results. They're not backing that down because they're still seeing great value. And in many cases, they're continuing to add dollars to those channels, which pre-pandemic would have been a minority spend. Looking, looking at some of the, uh, the totals and the changes here uh, for the month of May, I noticed, you know, three straight weeks, it goes up 10%, 10%, 4%. And then the week of May 31st, it drops 14%. Um, was that due just to, um, you know, incentives, incentives running out at that point or Memorial Day? What was, what was driving kind of the, the downturn sort of at the end of May? It's, it's, it's hard to tell. And, and the reason I say that is if you looked at this by local area, mm -hmm. it, it, you would see plenty of markets where it was up. Um, this is just generalizing everything on, on a U.S. basis. You know, th there, there has been uh, a lot more ups and downs. I mean, I, I think we all feel it as people. There's days I wake up, you turn on whatever news sources you're into, and you feel good. And at the end of the day, after, after a long day at work, you look back at the news and you no longer feel good. You just see this very big tidal shift of good news to bad news to good news to bad news. And we are seeing that play an impact on a micro level of is now the time to buy an automobile. That said, if you look at overall demand and you, and you don't just look at a, a day or a few days, things are moving in the right direction. We, we, we see a strong recovery for SAR. It's really now just headwind on supply. If manufacturers can continue to work very hard day and night, building supply back up on hot selling vehicles that dealers are very depleted with, with interest rates remaining exceptionally low, with banks continuing to buy very well right now, um, I, I think dealers will, will see a strong recovery and that's gonna continue. So to your point about, um, you know, manufacturing getting back online and does that, um, does the challenges of, of lower new car supply and, you know, uh, manufacturing going offline, does that, does that change the type of advertising that automakers do, you know, versus, you know, doing more of a branding versus a call to action type of advertising? Dependent on brand and dependent on market. And I, I know that sounds extremely broad, but it, there, there's definitely a difference. So yeah. you'll see brands that are looking at their dealers across the country. They're seeing that they have plenty of supply and they're putting a strong offer out for the vehicle that they know they need to move as they continue to produce and need, need space for, for new inventory. You're then seeing manufacturers with multiple brands that are hot and difficult time replenishing supply and they're less likely to be branding an offer on a vehicle that they know two-thirds of their dealers don't have so in that case it's more why buy from us it's more go visit your dealer it's more it's been more more generic um, i think overall you're still seeing offers in 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 a, in a big way in in media and I think a lot of that comes from manufacturers becoming more and more bullish on their ability to deal with COVID to, to the best of, of 
of any of us and realize that plant shutdowns can be managed and ultimately supply will be produced. You mentioned earlier, you kind of went through the, the progress that the used car market is making and, you know, and more so on a national automaker level, you don't see a whole lot of used car advertising, you know, CPO programs and whatnot. Um, certainly some on the dealer level, but do you think that this, you know, looking at the back half of the year, that the, the potential in, in used cars kind of gives automakers and dealers a, more of a reason to, to advertise their used car offerings? So historically, manufacturers allocated very little budget to their CPO division. You know, if, 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 if you woke a executive up at an auto manufacturer from a, from a cold sleep with a bucket of ice water and said, what do you do? They make cars. So when, when you think about the remarketing of a pre-owned vehicle or a CPO vehicle, part of the brand, but by no means majority in their P&L reflects such. As a dealer, if you look at their P&L and you look at margin erosion that this whole industry has suffered, used cars and service is still the lifeblood of the dealership. It also allows a dealership to leverage what they're best at. I've always believed successful dealers are entrepreneurs that happen to sell cars. And when you look at how quickly a dealer can increase or decrease used car quantity, shift from car to truck to SUV or up price point or down price point to maximize returns. It's the definition of entrepreneurship. Very nimble, very quick to act, successful result. Used cars will continue to allow dealers to work around any supply breakdown issues they have on the new car side. Or if their new car manufacturer has been sluggish with poor incentives or no incentives at all, and the conquest vehicles that their shoppers look at have incredible incentives. How do you combat that? We see great success with pre-owned vehicles. As, as a leader in digital advertising, we have a huge emphasis in pre-owned. In fact, I started this business with 100% of our focus on pre-owned. And what we see right now through pandemic, and as we're hopefully in the recovery, and I'm knocking on wood saying this because there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of uncertainty, but used cars help provide certainty. They somewhat hedge any supply issues with new cars. They hedge potentially poor decisions a manufacturer may make that impact their dealer locally. The manufacturer may be making the right decision for their P&L or for their national brand, but there are times a specific dealer who may sell to a slightly different customer base or a slightly different vehicle as their core car, et cetera. Used cars continues to be their lifeblood and we're seeing more and more dealers accelerate spend with pure cars on pre-owned. And I think a lot of those reasons are as follows. One, you can't build good search ads by hand, let alone build them for used vehicles that are turned very quickly. It's extremely complex and you need a leading software to do it. And we've been doing that for a decade. The second is on the display advertising and what we're able to do on social and video. As dealerships are trying to be very nimble, they're moving inventory very quickly and being able to show price drop alerts and other key attributes in the graphical display to a highly relevant shopper is key. The last thing I'll say is dealerships are starting to focus more on lifetime value of a customer. 
And when you think about lifetime value, you have a higher probability of servicing for the first three years a new car customer than a pre-owned customer. Oftentimes, a used car buyer buys from you and you never see them in your service drive. So a big part of our strategy is we're looking at how do dealers build their, their biggest armor around them and continue to hedge the bet of unknowns and maximize results. Lifetime value is a big component of it. So when we start thinking about what to market, you got to really be focused on to whom and, and, and where. And that isn't all created equally. Just because I can sell a car north of my dealership versus south of my dealership doesn't mean those customers have an equal probability of servicing with me. So being that we do a lot in fixed ops, we're able to connect those dots and, and offer our dealers a more holistic approach to maximize the LTV, being lifetime value, and ultimately continue to lower customer acquisition costs. And those two things together build a lot of results for the stores. So it could be something as, you know, like if I buy a used car from Smith Ford and they offer, you know, as part of that package deal, it's a, I get a, Smith for life package and it's, you know, an X amount of discounts on a, you know, service trips, it's programs like that to help kind of bring them back into the, to the dealership. Exactly. Joe. There's no doubt that products sold in F and I or value add things given to a consumer at time of purchase to help drive a, a service repair order is good. It's a way to get them back. But when you look at where you service cars and of your used cars you sell, which you service, it's oftentimes near, new, same make. Yeah. So to us, thinking that all cars are equal is irrational. You have to think about which vehicles do I have a higher chance of making more money on post-sale and potentially be a little bit more bullish on the ad spend on such car because it's not just about sell the car and that's the end. We, we have this whole experience that hopefully turns into repeat business if we do our job right. But between that vehicle cycle, we have a service cycle. And we like to think more holistically about it. And we feel like that approach did help our dealers in COVID because we were able to think differently about, all right, we're going to slow down budget. Totally get it. Right now, the world is shutting down. But when we do come back online, and we do continue to spend dollars. We shouldn't think geographically just, this is where you sell cars, let's think about it equally. Let's maybe redeploy dollars in the areas you don't only sell cars to, but you also have a higher probability of servicing. Well, Jeremy, we'll uh, leave, that, leave it there for today. Thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, it's always good to talk with you. Likewise, Joe, thank you for having me. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast. My thanks to Jeremy and everyone over at Pure Cars for the, the great knowledge and and just the uh, the information they provide the industry. And for Nick Zulovich and our entire auto remarketing crew, I'm Joe Overby. We'll catch you next time.